We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Jackson, no one near him, taking it the distance for the touchdown. That was William Jackson III's first interception of his career. It came in his second year. He picked off Aaron Rodgers and returned it 75 yards for a touchdown. He's only had two other career interceptions, but we will both. And that would be yours truly and Christopher Cooley weigh in on the late night signing of Will Jackson III, the best corner in free agency. He replaces Ronald Darby. Big need, decent money. We'll get to all of that. But I'm really thrilled to have Chris on the show today um, because I've taken some beatings from some of you on radio and on the podcast here about my feelings about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm excited about it. Um, not at the level that I would have been over Matt Stafford, of course, but I am excited about it. And I've given it some further thought, um, and it didn't change my mind um, either. Uh, but Chris is here, and Chris just gave me a hard time before this show started for eating pineapple. He said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm eating pineapple right now. And he goes, if you had pineapple at home, that's one thing. But you actually packed pineapple to eat. No, I didn't pack it. I just got it at Safeway. I I went down, you know, I got the, you know, the. That's that's another weird thing. Like if your wife bought pineapple and you had pineapple at home, then that's one thing. But like, who just randomly, did you get a pre-cut? Did you get a whole pineapple? No, no, no. I, and you, I, I just get a knife I and you go up the, and just hack it, hack it up? I got this small little size of pineapple. Sometimes I'll do that. I prefer yeah, it from I'm Whole just... Foods, not from Safeway, but Safeway's here in the building um, that I'm doing the podcast and where my studio is, or it's in the bottom of the building. And I just ran down there. I had not mm-hmm. eaten anything. I had had one cup of coffee. That was it. And I didn't eat dinner last night. Um, and I was hungry, and so I got, I got pineapple, sliced pineapple, 
And I also got some cereal. Now, I have my Magic Spoon cereal in here as well, which is a great cereal. It's a no-sugar cereal. It's a low-carb cereal, and I love it. I love the cocoa Magic Spoon. I really do, and I've got boxes of it in here. Um, But I do like a little bit of sugar occasionally in my cereal as well. So I got a box of multigrain Cheerios with the strawberries in it. And that provides sort of some sugar, the, uh, the, um, the strawberries do. And it, t- it tastes good. tastes good. Really good. That's, that's but I, I still don't understand the complaint about the pineapple. I don't really care. I just You had a I big problem with it five minutes ago. Children. It's not a children of food. It's not, a, it's not goldfish. By the way, I love goldfish. It's, it's fruit. It's fresh fruit. Pineapple's good for you. Loaded in, in, in you know, Sugars. natural sugar, yeah, but it's good for you. It's good for your brain, just like blueberry, uh, blueberries are. Yeah. So, anyway, how you doing? I better eat some blueberries. My brain is working slow today. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite fruit? I think blueberries. Raspberries. Raspberries. Do you get really good fruit out there? I would imagine you do, right? I mean, in the oh. summertime? I don't think so. Uh, wait, well, you're close to California. You're. It doesn't matter. It, it's hard to get it into this area yeah, because right. you, you know you still got to fly it somewhere. I don't really know how they acquire fruit or vegetables. That would. We were really probably going to build a greenhouse here in the next couple of years. To do what? What are you going to grow? I don't know. Do you I'm have going to grow stuff? My wife wanted fresh fruit and vegetables. Do you have Albert? You've got Albertsons, obviously. In yeah, California. but Albertsons isn't Albertsons anymore. What I don't does know that if mean? you're up on the grocery store world, but Safeway bought Albertsons. Yeah, I, I, I knew that. Um, so now Albertsons is Safeway, and I don't really mind Safeway, but it's not my favorite store. Did I tell you about this? I don't know. I have two grocery store stories. No, you haven't told me. Go this ahead. isn't really a story, but. I walked into Albertson, which in Cody, Wyoming, which has been Albertsons, and I looked around for a couple minutes. I'm like, this is Safeway. When did they set it up? Just like Safeway. And Albertsons had really been getting good. I asked the cash register lady. I said, hey, cash register lady, this is Safeway? Why does this look like Safeway? She's like, Safeway bought us. Oh, you asked that? Why? Did it have, like, were they carrying the Lucerne? Identical aisles. Lucerne food, pro- product, yeah. product label? Yeah. I guess I didn't necessarily notice the food type as much as I just did the layout of the store was like Leesburg Safeway. It's weird. Hmm. And then I was in Thermopolis, Wyoming, twice over the last two weeks fishing, and there's a great place called Max Market. It's a grocery store. They sell guns and ammo and fishing licenses in their grocery store. (laughs) Well, fishing licenses is fine. For a grocery store? Have you ever bought a fishing license in a grocery store? No, I think when I've bought a fishing license, and it's been a long time since I went and purchased a trout fishing license when the kids were Well, you don't young. have to purchase a trout fishing a tr- license. Well, you had to get the trout stamp. You, get the, you had to get the license in Maryland, and you had to get the trout stamped, stamp to fish the catch and return areas um, up in know. places like Thurmont, Maryland, that. and places. So I had to get that, I think, from Dick's or whatever it was called at the time, the last time. I my you know you're doing a lot of fishing and Cooley caught two huge brown trout the other day 25 inches 
um, and he's doing a lot of fishing. and And I, my father is a big fisherman, and I grew up very much a fly fisherman and and, and trout fishing a lot. Haven't really done it in years. I mean, but when the kids were young, I took them a couple of times and that was the last time I, and I, I had to go to a sporting goods store to answer your question, to get a fishing license and the trout stamp. I remember having to purchase yeah. the trout stamp for an extra 10 bucks. So they sell guns at the grocery store in Thermopolis, Wyoming. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, wow. Hey, take some the pineapple, some, some cereal and a, and <laughs> And a revolver. <laughs> I'll take, I'll take a forty-five. Yeah, is, is that a forty-five? Okay, yeah, I'll take that. And how much ammo do you have? Only two boxes. Oh, yeah, tough to get ammo anywhere. I know. You're right. Okay. I also went shooting guns at a gun range over the weekend. Really? Dude, I, yeah, I've done that ever. So that you weren't trap shooting. You were doing. No, I had a friend call me on Saturday mm-hmm. and say. Hey, you want to go shoot guns? Okay. <laughs> he said, I'll pick you up in 30 minutes. Went and shot handguns. You know, I, I told you. It was you, fun, though. We played Battleship. It's a lot. Like, there are games you play. There are things you, I don't know. I enjoyed it. What's Battleship? It's Battleship, like the game Battleship. You just, you got to sink their Battleship by shooting the targets in the Battleship. Oh, okay. I got it. I, uh, you know, when Casey, my oldest, went to TCU, a lot of his friends and their parents, you know, they had ranches. That's the big thing in Texas. And mm-hmm. multiple times on weekends, you know, went trap, went skeet shooting. I actually think that that's a lot of fun. A lot I just of fun. bought a, a clay pigeon thrower this year. Really? Now, yeah, you, I haven't got it out yet. It had been too cold. Where are you going to do that? Right on your property? My backyard. Hmm. Yeah. I am so so Wyoming right now. I know you are. Or redneck. If you see my driveway, Kev, right now I have a, in my driveway, this is borderline embarrassing. I don't have anywhere to put anything yet. I'm building a shop or a garage here. Do you have a vehicle on blocks? Close. Okay. (laughs) In my driveway. Uh Uh-huh. I'll take a picture for you when you get home, but I'm not tweeting it out. I have my 67 Camaro that needs some body work, so there's a fender off the side of it. I didn't even know you had a 67 Camaro. I tarped it, but the tarp came off, so there's a 67 Camaro with the tarp off of it, wow. but still under one of the tires, so usually flapping around when the wind blows. I haven't got to fix in that tarp yet. An American classic, right? It's a great car. Is Camaro Chevy? Right. It is Chevy, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my lawnmower. My 60-inch zero turn sitting right next to the Camaro. Okay. I don't have room in the garage. Uh-huh. Four-wheeler somewhere? Uh, two. Yeah. But one is put away under the back of the deck, but a Razor, a four, it's a side-by-side, four-seater, mm-hmm. flat tire on that thing. Got to get that fixed up. Mm-hmm. Next to that, I got my old black pickup truck loaded full of stuff that I've cleaned off out of the garage that I need to take to storage. Right. I said I have my truck, my wife's truck, and a skid loader. <laughs> if you look up a skid steer, uh-huh. which I'm thinking about purchasing, but I don't know if I like the one that I'm trying out right now. And then if you wrap the road in front of my house, we just got a 31-foot 30, uh, RV. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was going to ask, it's like mean, is, there, is, is yeah. there an RV anywhere around yeah. the property, or is that mm-hmm. just on the mm-hmm. lawn? 
No, it's <laughs> not. It look it it now the it looks like it could be on the lawn if you took a picture from afar. So I'll give you that. Um well, you know, I mean, if you're gonna live out there, you're gonna take advantage of all of it ha- all of that it all that it has to offer. Yeah. And you have the means to have a lot of the toys to take advantage of a lot you of just need somewhere to put those things. I understand. But We're build- I'm building a shop. I have a concrete pad laid for a shop. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about just putting them all on the pad like they were in a garage or a shop without a roof. I don't know if that'd be better or not. But then I'd probably have to move them when I start building the shop here in a month. So why would I do that? Um, <laughs> so you really, you have a lot of options, but you like, are you doing a lot of, like when you went fishing the other day and you caught two 25 inch brown I caught, trout. So I caught some big fish. Yeah. Um, were you, did you take any of the kids? No. Okay. Were you just by yourself or with friends? No, I went with a friend. Oh, you went with a friend. How early did you get up and go? We left at 8 o'clock from his fishing store. Oh, okay. So not super early. No. No, it's too cold super early. Yeah. Yeah. And super early in the summer is, you know, because you want it to be cool out and fish are eating early in the morning because it's cooler and they're coming closer to the surface when it's cooler. Yeah. Yeah. You think so? Depends on if there's a hatch or not. Well, that's true. Depends on what what you're fishing for, how you're fishing, what river you're fishing, all kinds of stuff. Um, but in, it is nice to get up and go early. In the river that you fish, brown trout. What about rainbow? Yeah, we caught. What about cutthroat? No. Okay. What about brook? Uh, there could be cutthroat. I don't know if there's cut. There's a lot of native cutthroat around here. I've never. I think there's not. There's not brook trout in there. No. Okay. There's also in that river um, a strange species of fish called a ling or a burbot i don't know what that is yeah you can look up burbot or ling mm-hmm. i don't know why they have two names and catfish and a lot of carp Ooh, bottom feeders right yeah not sort of they'll take a fly that isn't on the bottom not a good eating fish although the japanese love it right yeah i don't want a carp the carp are too big though the carp will break your line off really fast yeah they're huge that's weird. Like they, twenty they, pounders, you can't. It's hard if you have a tippet or a leader on to really land a carp. You know, I I had one of a, a big fish on at the end of the day, and it had just really gotten good. It's like right about four thirty. I've never done this, but my knee hurts, <clears throat> and I kind of stumbled on a rock moving backwards while I was reeling this fish in. Fell into my neck. Waders on. Waiters full of water. They <laughs> sat there and fished for another half hour because it was so good. Just almost convulsing. I was so cold. Wow. Carper, um, when you walk along, if you live over where I live, whether it's in D.C. or in Maryland, mm-hmm. or but on the Maryland side, and you've got the CNO Canal, and if you ever just take walks in the canal and you look into the canal or you look over to the river, you know, it's it's basically catfish and carp, and those mm-hmm. carp can become so huge, so know, big, and you can see them. Um, and uh, 
you know, I remember when I was a kid, like we would walk down to the river because I lived, you know, maybe a mile and a half from the Potomac River, whether it was at like Fletcher's, which is in D.C., or Little Falls in that area, if people know the area that I'm talking about. And we would go down there, you know, and I'm talking about when I was really young, you know, 12, 11, 12. And back then, your parents didn't care where you went. Um, and uh, you didn't have play dates. You had to figure it out on your own. And we caught a lot of catfish. And then we, the carp, though, correct me if I'm wrong, like the bait for carp was like a dough ball or something like that. Like you, you'd, you'd roll up some bread or... or I've never actually fished for carp our bait for carp when we would always we used to catch them and use them as a prank was a massive treble hook and yank mm-hmm. just we get to where there was a lot of them and just, just drop a big old lure like oh, a six inch lure that's not fishing just no it's not sportsmanlike at all yeah. you're right but carp aren't really they're the rats of this the, the rats of the river um, the, the brown, correct me if I'm wrong about this too, just, um, from memory, brown trout really grow to be the biggest, right? They're bigger, they, they're bigger than rainbow. Yeah. The rainbows in there are really big though. The guy I was with caught a 24 inch rainbow. It was a, he, we wanted to take a picture of it and he really couldn't get his hands around it. Yeah. It was a big dude. It was a big dude. He caught a big rainbow and I had a big rainbow on that got off, but there's like, there's all kinds of weird stuff, man. Look up if you're – this is crazy. He was telling me about this place. It's called Pyramid Lake. It's in Nevada. It's one of the last of – like the the Great Salt Lake was part of like Lake Bountiful or whatever it was, the huge ocean that kind of flooded the mountain states for a long time, mm-hmm. which happened. Right. A lot of this was underwater. Um, there are these cutthroat – like I think they're called Lahona cutthroat. They're like 32 inches long. They're like 20 pounders. That's unbelievable. And they can take a certain amount of alkalinity. But this lake is like, has it's crazy if you look at pictures. It's all beach. And it and then it has a drop-off level to like six, seven feet. They Everyone takes ladders out and they sit on ladders and fish. Because they want to be in the drop-off. But the drop-off is too deep. Ladders. It's hysterical. There are p- pictures of this lake. I'd never heard of it with like 50 dudes in a row lined up on ladders. Was, um, I know we've talked about this movie before. I think we have, I, because I think you love it. Like I do a river runs through it, which was Brad Pitt. And yeah, I, Big I, lo- Blackfoot. I, I love that movie. Um, where was that shot? Missoula. Oh, it was. Okay. I think so. Yeah. On the big Blackfoot river. Got it. God, I love that movie. By the way, another movie that I love was on last night because it's basketball time of year. It's March Madness time of year. You, you didn't watch Hoosiers. I did. Well, I didn't. Yes. I, I, I didn't see. You know, I, I picked it up. You know, probably a half an hour in. I just, I just, just right loved... where Jimmy Chitwood was really finding himself. Oh my God! Well, you know, Jimmy came in and in in, in save Coach Dale. Um, because they had voted him out, but, um, and, and Jimmy surprised everybody because Jimmy, you know, when he said, I think it's about time for me to play some ball, everybody figured, you know, it was because coach was gone, but it wasn't Jimmy had figured out coach knew what he was doing and Jimmy was only going to play if coach stayed. Um, 
You know, in watching that movie so many times over the year, first of all, I love the soundtrack. It's it's like just beautiful music that they figured out. Gene Hackman's great in it. You know, the whole thing. Dennis Hopper's, you know, phenomenal in the movie. But I'll, I'll tell you what, like, and it's not that I just realized this last night. Good God, the basketball scenes are just so bad. So bad. They're just so awful. I mean, it's, I mean, Jimmy, look, Jimmy Chitwood had a really nice, had nice form on his jump shot. No doubt. And I guarantee you that that guy could play a little bit. Um, but the rest of them, I mean, it was really ugly to watch and the scenes and, and, you know, can you imagine a clock, the you know the, the the second hand on the clock being your timer? And I know that that was the the you know what what stadiums used and what arenas used was that moving you know big hand on seconds. My God, how hard! Time out, and then guy finally stops it. What does it say up there? Hey, is it t- ten seconds? Twelve? Wait, it's right in between the ten and the fifteen. I mean, think about how precise sports is now compared to what it was back in the fifties. What it was in the seventies and eighties. It's you had to have a counter. It's so precise. Seven, six. Oh my God! Like how how did they know for sure that the guy got the shot off on, on time? Um, but uh, you know the, the 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 beauty of sort of the Indiana wheat fields, corn fields, et cetera, as they're driving through from you know you know little small Hickory yeah. High School, and you know th- that's sort of like you live in such a rural area. You know, that's a lot of your driving, I would imagine, right? It no, no, it's a little different for me. Uh, once you get out of town, there's all the towns are centered around what can be irrigated. So once you get out of where it's not irrigated, it's just high desert sagebrush. Oh, okay. If you're not in the mountains, got it. So like my drive from Cody, Wyoming, to Thermopolis, you. There's one little town in between them called Matitsi. Matitsi's got some fields, but then other than that, you're like, straight desert, buddy. When I was um, – I took Ryan, my youngest, to visit Indiana, um, and we we did – we knocked out several schools in one trip. And it, in, Indiana and Miami of Ohio were on the trip. I, I'll just – those are the two that I remember. But when we left Bloomington to drive to Oxford, Ohio, where Miami of Ohio is, it, I swear to God, it was two hours of nothing but fields. Like, just nothing. You're out in the middle of rural Indiana. But what I'll never forget, and we both noticed it because obviously we both love basketball, is Every single one of these, you know, farmhouses had a hoop up in the driveway or had a hoop up somewhere. You know, basketball is such a religion in Indiana. And it's so much different when you think about, you know, basketball, I think people really have this impression, and it's very much a stereotype about, you know, it's an inner city game. You know, it is, but it's also in places in our country a very rural game, like Indiana, like Kentucky. You know, there are places where basketball is huge in, you know, very low density population areas. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 you know, and I just, as we we're driving through them, like we, we started just 
we'd come up on, you know, another farm with another, you know, house and we'd be like, yep, look, two hoop, there's a hoop there and there's another hoop. They got three of them. They got three hoops on the property. Every single place had a basketball hoop in that state as I was driving through it. Um, anyway, uh, I do like, I do love the movie. Um, poor, you know, poor shooter. He, he really struggled. I mean, and I thought after he, you know, after he ran the picket fence to get the game winner, um, I thought the pressure would be off him and he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't get all sauced up. You know, it's sort of backwards. Like if, if they had failed, if they had yeah. failed on the picket fence play that, and they had lost the game, but he won the game and his, you know, and his son said, yeah, you did, you did, you did good, dad. You did good. And yet that was what sent him into, well, maybe he was celebrating and then, you know. Who knows? Um, okay, enough on this. Everybody wants to hear what you have to say about Ryan Fitzpatrick first. Then we'll get to Will Jackson um, and the acquisition of him. Um, they've also added a couple of players since the radio show end, ended. They re-signed Lamar Miller, player that I've always liked, and they re-signed tackle David Sharp as well. Uh, we'll get to all of the Washington football stuff right after this word from one of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Cooley's here. Uh, We're going to get to his thoughts on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Wanted to mention to you that March is here and the madness has officially begun Actually, the first four games will start tomorrow night. I actually had Dan Engelstad, who coaches Mount St. Mary's. Um, he is a Walt Whitman uh, graduate um, and alum, as I am, uh, and he's done really well in coaching. And Mount St. Mary's is going to kick off the tournament tomorrow night against Texas Southern in the first of the four first four games. But, my bookie, it's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the my bookie bracket contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes, and it's only a dollar to enter. Doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props, my bookie has you covered. Sign up today at mybookie.ag. Use my promo code KevinDC to secure deposit, and that would be a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. Make sure you use my promo code so they know that I hooked you up. That will help us. That's promo code KevinDC to claim your first deposit bonus. 
bonus. Uh, huge uh, opportunities for all of these tournament games, prop bets, in-game betting, and of course the uh, bracket contest as well for 10000 bucks in cash prizes, only a dollar to enter. MyBookie.ag, my promo code KevinDC, bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Uh, just a reminder, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, it doesn't cost you anything to this podcast. Rate us, review us. Um, if you haven't done that, that helps as well. All right, Cooley, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. I don't think it's the answer for more than a year or two years. I was driving in thinking about it today is, you know, Higby reminds me of Fitzpatrick. Or uh, not Higby, Heineke. Heineke. I said the same he- thing, yeah. Heineke, I was driving in thinking. They play, they play the same way. Watching, you know, all nine minutes of Heineke play. He kind of plays like Fitzpatrick. Same stature, good movement type of guy. It's like smart kid. He's He's going to end up being Fitzpatrick's little brother. His son. Hey, Dad. I, I like it, Kev. So I like the signing. Um, he's he's a guy that competes and gives you a chance week in and week out. He's a guy that gives your offense a chance to continue to get better. He's never really been given a, a, the best opportunity. I guess maybe had one shot, right, or something in Buffalo a little bit. Yeah, he had a good season with the Jets. They stayed healthy. They were pretty good. They lost a game at the end of the year. They would finish ten and six instead of eleven and five. That was a chance. But he's never had that like we believe in you commitment. No doubt. That was the thing that I think he's always lacked was that true we'll build a franchise around you, you're our guy type of commitment. He's never had that. It's amazing his career is I mean, to think that his first game was against Washington in 2005. You played in that game. I did. Yeah, I was there. But right now, I think that Fitzpatrick can do everything you want. He it, can make every throw, and he can move. He provides some mobility as a quarterback. He's smart. He'll lead. He'll do everything you need him to do for a young offense. And I just didn't buy into the fact that they were going to be able to trade for anybody other than potentially Darnold. I don't know what's going on with Darnold. And I don't think anybody knows, and I don't think Washington was willing to wait and say, okay, well, Darnold will be the only guy if we're going to put all our eggs in that basket, and what if someone ends up going a first and a second for him? We don't want to do that. I doubt that's I, – clearly I doubt that's the case, but it was – Winston or Fitzpatrick, as far as guys that you might want to play, who else were they going to get? They, and they needed a dude. So I, I think it's a good move. I, I do. I, it's like take what's available. You know, don't do the grass is always good. Like he's the guy that's available. Let's take him. Let's get it. It's it's the best we can do right now. All right, I did it. Go ahead. I, I want you to finish. Uh, Go ahead. Okay. No, I did. They did the the thing that the only thing they could do, in my my opinion. All right. Um, they gave him six million in signing bonus, six million guaranteed. Um, even before I saw that, 
Um, my conclusion was there is basically a 99.999% chance he is your starter week one. He didn't come here. They didn't sign him. I'm not talking, we're not talking about the size of the contract, but it's 10 million bucks. It's going to count, you know, six or whatever million next year in the cap. They gave him 6 million in guaranteed money. He is coming here to start. Do you believe that? Or do you believe that somehow we may hear from Ron Rivera and Ryan Fitzpatrick about some sort of competition with Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, but what do you think he's here to do in 2021? Start. Yeah. They'll they'll announce that he's here to start when they have that discussion. There's no reason to say that Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke are going to be in any form of competition with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I don't think that that's good for Fitzpatrick. I don't think that's good for your team. I don't think you need that. I, I sure that a guy like Heineke or Allen would be frustrated, but that, that said, Heineke's happy to not be doing math classes. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, when you just when you boil it down, and I had him on the radio show, and he sort of said that. He's like, I thought I was going to end up, you know, taking classes and whatever, trying to figure it out, you know, my my next life move. And he's getting to to make a lot of money to to play football. And maybe even if he doesn't play in games, it's still better than you know taking uh, derivatives courses at ODU. I, I mean, still, maybe it is. I think he's still going to go back and take the derivatives courses, <laughs> but I, no. It, He's going to be fine with that. And I don't think that takes them out of the market in the first round for drafting a quarterback. Okay. I, I want to get to that in a second. Okay. Um, because, but I want, I just, you, you think, you said something. You think they'll just come out and announce it. Like, you don't think it'll be the cliche, you know, Ryan's here to compete. We've got three quarterbacks. We like all three. We got two young guys. We got a veteran guy. Um, and we got off season. We got training camp. Hopefully this year we'll have a preseason. And no. there will be. A, you don't think that that's what you're going to get. You think you're going to get from Ron Rivera. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter in 2021. Yes. Really? I'm sure they told him so. I'm sure that was part I of think, him coming here. I think so too. But I, I'm just saying that that you, you took it to the next step, which is they're going to tell us that. Yeah, they could. I don't think they have to say that. I think that when you could wait all the way till you get to OTAs and one of the beat guys is going to say, well, who's taking the reps with the ones? And then you'll say, well, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick is. We just paid the guy a $10 million contract. What worries you about him? I mean, we all know Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nothing, nothing worries you. Not really. A longevity and security of the position. It, my belief is if and your belief in any anyone that's smart knows that if you really want to win for a long period of time, you need a quarterback to do it. He's not going to be that guy. I love the way you said a year or two because I it's only a one-year deal, but it, it would not shock me if Ryan Fitzpatrick nope. is the starting quarterback for Washington the next two seasons. Not at all. I don't, I don't have any problem with him being the starting quarterback for the next two seasons. And frankly, if you, if you were to draft a guy that you really liked that was raw this year and say you got him in the third, you might want him to develop for a couple of years. But I don't know if they'll do that. I don't know if they'll draft a guy late. You might, want, uh, you might think Heineke can develop over the next two years. I, I don't see any problem with Fitzpatrick. I, I, here, here's, here's your, 
your problem per se. And it's not because guys get quarterbacks later in the draft all the time. Is you win eight, seven plus games every year that he starts. And so you're, you're always drafting 15, 16, 17. You never get the, the true quarterback. Right. But I also don't believe in a rebuild. I don't. So, I, I that's One of the things I said to Tommy yesterday, I, you don't, unless you really suck and you really don't have anything and you're planning on making significant organizational changes, every year you gotta con, you got to think about what gives me the best chance this year to compete, to make it, to win a division, to pl- play in playoff games, you know, to try to win 10 games plus. And there is no doubt that they upgraded their chances for that by adding Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I mentioned this yesterday, and I want to be really clear on this because some of you um, didn't hear me say that, and that's fine. Um, the odds makers believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a major upgrade. Washington went from like plus 350 to win the division to play to like plus 215, plus 220. Uh, you know, and, and that's depends on the site you're on. They are now a clear cut second pick in the division. They weren't before they picked Ryan Fitzpatrick. Dallas is the favorite, but they're not nearly the prohibitive favorite they were before Washington signed Fitzpatrick. Why? Well, because Washington has a defense that people believe in, and they're the defending champion, and the only big major question mark was quarterback. And for the boys in the desert, they answered that question by signing Ryan Fitzpatrick for this year. Not for 2022, 2023, and beyond, but for this upcoming season. So if you weren't going to get Stafford, which you didn't, and you weren't, let's, I'll come back to Darnold in a second. And Jameis Winston wasn't available and Prescott wasn't available and Watson's not going to be available. And you came to the conclusion that you're not going to get any of the quarterbacks that you really like in the draft because you'd have to trade off fortune to move up. Or you don't think those teams are going to back off or take anything that they're going to want to take those players. You got to figure out an answer. Who's How are you going to compete in 2021? Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick may not have been plan A, he may not have been plan B, but he is a guy that gives you a chance. When I asked you what worried you, I was really specifically talking about, you know, the number of bad plays he can make, the number of games he can cost you by taking too many risks that end up being turnovers. Yeah, I I I understand the interception issue with Fitzpatrick. But I don't think he's a turnover machine. And I think in the right system, the right offense, the belief that he's in there and you're you're making a playoff push, you're not just slinging it around, I think he's fine. I've watched this guy. I've, I've watched a few games here over the last day. He's a competent quarterback. I, I think the, the picks may result in, in some overconfidence, but there's not he's not throwing dumb, dumb picks a lot of the time. You know, st- there, there's some issues where he's got to get over the line and he can get the ball up a little bit. There's some picks with that stuff. But I don't see him as a, I don't know the defense, I'm taking a shot that could result in an interception. I, I don't think he's that guy. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. He's got Process. the he's got the mentality, right, of Favre, of Rivers, mm-hmm. 
of Stafford, um, where it truly, you know, the gunslinger label applies to him. Yeah, but he also, uh, uh, different from a guy like Favre, can go one, two, across the board to three, not like three, and go to the back. But his alternative isn't always, let's just blaze one down the field. <laughs> right. Like we, we, I've always talked about Rex, and Rex wasn't a big check down guy. And Rex said, because he couldn't see it all the time, oh, Fitzpatrick's good at finding a check down. It's not, he's not throwing picks because he's just, let's get rid of it. I'm panicked. Right. You know, the other thing I like about him is I was watching these games. I'm like, this dude doesn't take sacks. Doesn't take a lot of sacks. Processes quickly. So I looked this up. The NFL sack percentage career leaders. Fitzpatrick is 49th on that list. Yeah, he, he averaged 5.6 per dropback. You know, 5.6% of the time on dropbacks, he takes a sack. That's low. Yeah. That's really low. But it's not always indicative of great quarterbacks. True. Like Derek Anderson's number eight on that list. <laughs> Joey Harrington's number 10. You know what I mean? By the way, number three and four, Doug Williams and Mark Rippon. Doug Williams and Mark Rippon didn't get sacked. Well, Joe Joe had a lot of max protect. He had a lot of two receiver. He had a great line, max protect, and a lot of two receiver routes. With who, the, who was the number one on the list? Can you guess? Um, Marino? Tied for number one at three point one three percent of dropbacks. Marino, with Marino's tied with. Hold on. Well, Montana wasn't sacked a lot. No, but it's not him. Montana was number forty three at five point four nine percent. Huh. Marino and how far back does this go? Is this NFL history? Mm-hmm. I'm sure NFL history of recorded. I'm not. I'm not finding anything really. Is, is he a hall, is he a Hall of Famer? He is. Are we really familiar with him around these parts? Everyone is. Sonny. Oh no, no, not really familiar. It's Peyton Manning. Oh Peyton. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. But Peyton and Marino are three point one three percent. There's only six guys under four percent. See the sunny the sunny thing. I, they didn't even ha- keep sack stats back then, defensively. So, okay, but but yeah, I mean they have dudes in there like Charlie Johnson. Charlie Johnson's in the seventies, yeah, sixty-one through seventy-five got right. sacked six point eight five percent of the time. So that you can go back, right? Ways. There's a ton of guys in the seventies. Most of the sack, most of the Guys sacked the least during the last 20 years. Yeah, right. Where people are open quicker. And and, <laughs> and and West Coast, getting it out quickly, all of that. West Coast, for sure, will, would help. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, there's only six guys under 4% in the History League. So name, name the six. Peyton, Marino, Doug Williams, Mark Rippon, Mahomes, and Drew Brees. Wow. Mahomes still could go over that. Drew Brees is going to stay under four. And then there's only another like 
12 dudes under five. Number 20 is Elvis Gerbeck at 5.01%. So you only got 19 guys under 5%. You know, I mean, that's dude, like that's to be under 6%. Yeah. There's only 59 dudes, and a lot of them are currently still playing. There's only 59 dudes under 6% in the history of the league. I'm looking uh, – I'm curious about Elvis Gerbeck because he played for Marty Schottenheimer, who just passed away, and Marty was another guy that, you know, conservative offensively, a lot of max protect. And, you know, he started for Marty um, – he started like 42 games. I'm sorry. He started uh, 32 games. Um, for Marty. Um, no, my fault. Uh, 47 games he started for Marty uh, for four years. So there you go. So here's the really what I think positive thing about Fitzpatrick's sack percentage. A lot of these guys played in one or two offenses. <laughs> right. Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick's got to so learn an entirely new offense Yeah. every other year, if not every third year, he's got a completely different unit as far as offensive line goes, blocking for him up front. He's got a different group of receivers that he's got to create timing with, and he doesn't take sacks. So I guess what I'm saying really is the guy is really good at processing, and he understands where to go with the ball, and he understands how to get the ball out. He just he's a he's a good quarterback, you know. He's if he was three inches taller, he would be one of the most desired. He would have been in one place forever. Just wasn't three inches taller, you know. But he the, did that the, intangible has always hurt him. The other thing that you could throw on to the sack percentage. By the way, I'm looking. He did he did take a career high sacks forty um, in 2019 in Miami when they were tanking the season. When although, they were tanking, and oh, they were although he they were when terrible. he came in when he came in they stopped tanking and they started being competitive. But um, uh, by the way, one one quick point too. It, I don't know why this reminded me of it. I forget if Tommy told me this or I forget if somebody else did. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick was much better than Tua Tagovailoa on the Dolphins last year. Okay, if you think somehow that you can ascribe uh, the record that Tua had as somehow comparable, the type of quarterback that he was uh, in uh, in comparison to Ryan Fitzpatrick, this is where like the whole quarterback winning percentage thing. I just don't even. I, I hate hearing it. I understand that that's how they get evaluated, but it just it's too dependent. Tua's games that they won, they won with defense and special teams. Okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick was much better than Tua Tungavailoa last year. If Ryan Fitzpatrick, if they didn't bench him because they, and they did not bench him for performance, they benched him because they wanted to see the number five pick in the draft. They thought he was the future, and they still may. All right, which was too bad because I think if Ryan Fitzpatrick had started all 16 games, the Dolphins would have been in the playoffs last year. And in, in saying that, the Dolphins beat a lot of teams last year. Yeah, some of them they beat handily. They would have had a chance. San Francisco, they completely shredded uh, early in the season, and he was outstanding. The Rams, Um, the right, and and the Rams too, with a bunch of special teams uh, plays in that game, and that was a Tua game. Uh, And Tua, and look at his stat. Go look at the stats if you've got your if you've got it open. When they beat the Rams, there was like a punt block and a punt return and turnovers. Three three special teams, and I don't even think Tua threw for over a hundred yards. Did he? I don't think so. 
No, I don't think he did in that game. But I wanted to just mention this one other point about the teams that Fitzpatrick's been on and your discussion about his sack percentage. He played on a lot of teams that were just bad teams and bad defensive teams. And there were probably I don't I, look I don't have the data in front of me. I just know that a lot of those teams he he was on weren't good teams and they were bad defensive teams a lot of them. And so he was in games probably in the second half chucking it around, you know, with defenses teeing off on him. He is a quick process guy, you know, and has the playmaking ability. Like, you know, I remember conversations with lots, lots of conversations with Mike, and he always talks about, you know, processing. It's one of the things they are always, they always need to see, especially from the guys that aren't creators, that aren't play extenders. Kirk Cousins, okay, obviously would be a really good example of that. The reason he's successful and coaches love him is because he processes so quickly. Well, Fitzpatrick does both. He's got that, and then he's got the ability to be good off schedule. The the other thing I just wanted to mention, because you, you brought up something that I brought up, and I mentioned it again to this morning on the radio show, Taylor Heineke, when you think about the limited you know, opportunity we all had to watch him this year, does play like Ryan Fitzpatrick you know, style-wise. He chucks it down the field. He is fearless. He will throw it and give his receivers a chance. He can go off schedule. He can create with his feet, but he usually does it with the opportunity always to throw the ball down the field. Um, but... The big difference between the two of them, and tell me if I'm wrong about this because I have not even looked up their heights and weights, but Fitzpatrick's bigger. It's not that he's that Fitzpatrick's big. He's but listed ta- at 6'2", 228. Taylor Heineke's tiny. He's tiny. Fitzpatrick, is n- Fitzpatrick has more of the Brett Favre build, boxy. Heineke's just flat-out tiny, which may be the reason that he's been broken in his three starts. How yeah. does it? How does he fit in? How will Scott Turner? We both agree he's the starter next year. What? How does Scott Turner handle him? How does he fit into what you think Scott Turner wants to do? Well, I think he fits in perfectly. Yeah, he's a guy that they can go under center with more because he's very comfortable under center. But he's a he's been a gun quarterback a ton of his career, so he's a both of those kind of guys. Uh, he's to me, a guy that can operate the RPO game very quickly and understand how to get the ball out immediately. The short game stuff will be real easy for him, and I think he should be good with some of the short game stuff. Where I think it helps them is, especially if they get some speed or a threat, that he really can get the ball down the field. And he throws it with accuracy. Like I said, it's he's not it's not like he's Drew Brees. He's probably a 65% completion guy next year which would be high in his career, but I'll bet you he's somewhere around 63, 64, 65 next year. But he'll get some bigger plays for you. You know, he does, He he's thrown a lot of picks, and everyone says that. But still, like, he's only, he's under 100 in terms of career interception percentage in the league, history of. Yeah. He's 3.3%. He's got fumbles, too. Yeah, well... There have been a lot of moments, you know, and I went back and watched some of the games, including the opener last year against New England. They had plenty of opportunities, and he turned the ball over, you know. There there have been enough of those games where it's like, 
you know, I described it yesterday, Cooley, uh, but I'll describe it to you. It's like you're down 24-20, and you've got total confidence in Ryan Fitzpatrick's ability to take you down and give you a chance to win the game. And sometimes he does it, and then sometimes he throws it right to the other team in the red zone, and the game ends. Um, and they're going to be there's going to be a Monday morning in here, and there's next year, and there's going to be a film breakdown day where you just say, "I don't know what he was looking at." I'm predicting that right now. I don't know. Why. I think it's more like I don't think he should have taken that shot. Yeah, he takes shots that normal quarterbacks don't take. I think it's more like that. Not I don't know what he's seeing. It's more like. Can't believe he threw it. Right. I see what he's looking at. I don't like it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, I think there are, like, to me, when you just think about Ryan Fitzpatrick, or if in the last couple of days you've gone back and look at, looked at Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, um, games or you know, tapes, highlight tapes. Here's a great for example. Yeah, give me the. I'm, I'm randomly sitting here. I got the Raiders game on late in the Raiders game. Right, I mean, maybe his moment of his career. So this play just came up. It's where am I here? Like, I don't know. It's later in the game. It's not the big play. They're running a very common concept that teams operate to try to get the ball down the field. Three guys to the right, one to the left. The first guy to the right runs right down the middle of the field in the seam. The next guy runs eight yards and hooks, and the outside guy runs about 16 to 20 yards and bends in, a deep in. And essentially, quarterbacks are always reading that eight-yard hook to the deep in. The middle clear route is really just clear the safeties. Is that, but if is that Kosicki? If they're split safeties, it's always been an alert. And I was always, I'd always run that thing so hard. Like, I'd be the clear guy. I'd, I'd see two safeties. Like, I'm going to get it this time. I never got it. First play, I, I just randomly went back. He throws the clear seam as an alert. Overthrows it incomplete. He's going to take the shot, man. I know, like, it's an overthrow. It's not a good throw. But he, the thing with Fitzpatrick, he makes you defend everything. You, you got to play it all. You got to play what you know is the clear route and run with it. So he'll open guys up with that stuff. Yeah, this isn't a one read quarterback. No, no, it's an all field quarterback. That's what I like about him. He's a, I, I'll make any throw. I'll find the guy. And he finds the guy. Look, I mean, this is what I like when I really see out of, I, I get some of the flaws, but the positives is one, he can move in the pocket. He can slide. He can throw on the move. He can run if he needs to run. He, he'll he slide to throw, and he can throw with accuracy as he's moving. Two, he's real decisive, I, and I love it. It's hitch throw, plant throw, rock throw. Like ball's coming out. I love that about him. Uh, he's got – he can progress through everything, cross the board progression. I like this, and I, I wrote this down over the last two days. He'll throw into a tight window, or he'll throw and let his guy win. He'll trust his guy to win. Right. And he'll miss throws. He'll have incompletions with it where he's got a tightly contested, let's say, button hook. (laughs) Most quarterbacks just turn it down. Like, hey, you don't have two yards of separation or you don't have that cushion. Let's move on. He'll throw it. He'll let his guy, he'll give his guy a chance to go get the ball. I mean, and it's not like he's Rex where it's just shot after shot after shot. You know, he'll take the check down if he's got to take the check down. 
if the coverage demands it, he'll take the check down. So what I'm saying, like tight man-to-man stuff, he'll let it rip. Finds a window, he'll let it rip. But doesn't have coverage and, and it dictates that you got to throw it underneath, he's fine to throw it underneath. Like this dude's a good quarterback. He is. He's a good quarterback. He's got I don't, really he's good. He's elite, and I think probably the accuracy is what makes him not elite. And that might be some something to do with size not seen over the line. I mean, he's 6'2", but he's not entirely accurate. He can, he can throw it really accurately, but he can also miss. And that, that's one of the things I think hurts him is he misses some throws. I think the other thing, too, in, in thinking about him and even watching more over the last couple of days, he's got a really good feel for pressure. That may be one of the reasons for the sack thing. And he will he'll take off. You know, he will take off and move the chains with his legs, and he's got great feel for where the pressure is and finding, you know, some sort of scene to get out to throw it or to get out to run it. Like, he may be 38 years old, but he didn't look like a 38-year-old last year at quarterbacking, physically. Nope. Um, what do they need to add for him offensively? Mike Gusecki. Yeah, I mean, that was the one thing you saw. I mean, he made some. New big England plays. was like, "We'll take both those tight ends." Yeah. How about that, dude? Well, they took Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith. You know, one of the things that you told me about, um, and I remember Josh McDaniels talking about. I think I mentioned this to Tommy yesterday. They, you know, going back to Hernandez and Gronk, McDaniels loves to basically be able to dictate that you've got to be in base defense, or that with the two tight ends, if you're in nickel, uh, we got guys on the field that can block too. Mm-hmm. And so it really puts Dictate you in a defense quandary. defense personnel. Yep, yeah. no doubt. Um, all right, so um, real quickly. So I, I, there's a story from Connor Hughes, the athletic, he covers the Jets. He tweeted out the following. Um, I spoke to a source in Washington about the possibility of Washington trading uh, with the Jets for quarterback Sam Darnold. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that's not the one. My f- Here it is. Connor Hughes of The Athletic. Washington has not ruled out a trade for Sam Darnold. Um, the, uh, God damn it, where is this? Well, this is what I said to you when you, we talked on the I phone know, yesterday. I know, and I tweeted yeah, but, it out because you you thought that Darnold would still be in play. And Connor I, Hughes, I still Connor think Hughes basically be, thinks Darnold is still in play for Washington. All right, and so you said, ahead. well, they're not going to have Darnold and Fitzpatrick and Kyle Allen. Nope. They'll, they'll change course completely with Darnold. But I think Darnold gives you the chance to have your future guy. So, Yeah, but he's you, got – But in my opinion – even if it's you're going to eat ten million on the cap or whatever you're going to eat, and trade Fitzpatrick for something, or you're going to move on from Kyle Allen and have Heineke not play or be the third guy or whatever you're going to do. If you like Darnold, go trade for him. I do. I'll bet you big money they don't trade for Darnold now. If it's just a second. Why wouldn't you go trade for Darnold? I don't think uh, – first of all, it's so funny because this conversation about Darnold has really gotten a little bit out of hand with a lot in the fan base. Like, you know, some are really into, you know, Darnold and would be willing to make a move for him and others are dead set against it. And somebody sent me some 
I don't even know who it was. Uh, some some reporter said that NFL GMs all know that Darnold sucks. Whatever. I mean, th- this stuff that that comes out this time of year. I guarantee you that there is a market for Darnold if the Jets make him available. I don't know what that market is. I would bet that you'd have to give up no less than a third and probably a second, potentially, if there's competition. That would be my guess. I just don't see it now. I think one of the reasons that they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick is if they are interested in Darnold, and I believe that there there is interest in Darnold from Washington, they just came to the conclusion that they weren't going to be able to get him, that the price was going to be too high or the Jets are only going to trade him if they get a, an at, absolute King's ransom or they're going to keep him because, you know, with Darnold, he's got to play for you. He's got to you, you got to pick up his option and then extend him. You know, he's got to play for you next year if you trade for him. And you just got the guy that's playing for you next year. So to me, I think the reason they did Fitzpatrick is because the other guys that would have played and started next year and maybe been longer-term possibilities, they just came to the conclusion aren't going to be available for them. Too, pri- too pricey, or the Jets aren't going to trade him, or the the Jets are going to get much better offers from other teams that are in better that have better first round that have other better draft choices. Whatever it is, they came to the conclusion they're not getting Darnold, they're not getting Watson, they're not getting Wilson. They didn't get Stafford. They don't want to wait for Mariota. They didn't like Dalton as much as Fitzpatrick. They didn't like Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, or Mitch Trubisky as much as they liked Ryan Fitzpatrick. So they went Fitzpatrick, and they've got who they're going to have. Fitzpatrick, Allen, and Heineke. Three quarterbacks under contract. Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick is the starter. And I don't think there's uh, – somebody asked me to give odds on drafting, and this is what I gave him, Cooley, uh, on Twitter. Plus 325, long shot, plus 325 on them taking a quarterback in rounds one or two. And then I have them at plus 140 – for taking a quarterback rounds three through seven. So overall, I don't think they'll take a quarterback in this draft. But if they do, then it's going to be between rounds three and seven. And then if they do that, um, you know, you're not keeping four quarterbacks. So the more likely <clears throat> to, to be dismissed would be Kyle Allen, who Ron Rivera likes a lot. Uh-huh. So I don't know. Um, I just don't see him trading for Darnold. I don't see him drafting a quarterback in the first two rounds. I wouldn't be surprised to see him draft a quarterback in the first two rounds. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised to see him trade for Darnold. Would you draft – if you just threw Sam Darnold into the draft this year and you were 20th pick in the second, would you not take him? Well, that's the issue, though. Is that there aren't, you know, the one thing about this quarterback draft is the really good quarterbacks, the ones that people are really excited about, are going early. You know, I was listening to Kuiper on something, and Kuiper said, This is not a year where you're more likely than not, the feeling is this isn't a year where you're going to get your future starter in the third or fourth round. It's just, it's, it's top heavy. And all those guys are going early. That's fine, and anybody can say that. But I understand. You, of course, you don't crap, know. crap shoot. You don't know that. I know. Um, so, so I, I mean, do you? Do you? Want I'd be the, really interested. 
You went I'm the plus three twenty five. You went the plus three twenty five for a hundred bucks in the first and second. Yeah, first and second round. They got to draft a quarterback in the first or second round. I mean, I'm not going to take your money. So a hundred a hundred bucks wins you three twenty five. I understand how that works, yeah, Brent. I, but I'm saying it because not everybody does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would. The problem is really. Like, all the dudes are going to be gone in the first. Mm-hmm. Let me look at the second round. Let me see who's coming up in the second. Jamie Newman could be in the second round. Kyle Trask could be in the second round. I bet you it's going to be one of those situations where all those quarterbacks go in the first round and then people are trading up to early portion of the second round to get Trask or to get Newman or to get somebody, you know, a, to get, God, Kellen Mond is not my favorite by a long shot. Um, I'd be surprised if he goes in the second round. The guy from Northwestern, what's his name? Um, I kind of like him. Uh, oh, yeah, I do like that kid. Yeah. Ramsey. Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, is it order filled on the plus 325 for the first two rounds, quarterback drafted, order filled or not? Hundred bucks. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to look at it. Order pending. <clears throat> Order pending. Okay, very good. Uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about last night's signing of Will Jackson the third, the top ranked cornerback in free agency. We'll get to that right after this word from one of our sponsors. The best way to learn a language: immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. William Jackson III, three years, $14 million a year, $26 million of it. Guaranteed. They lost Ronald Darby the other night to Denver. Uh, they had a need, and they signed the top-rated corner in free agency, William Jackson the third. Um, I I'll just net it out, and then I'll let Cooley have at it. I really like the signing a lot. I love his, and I've, I for whatever reason I've had the Bengals a lot over the years, last few years, plus points in games. It hasn't worked out as well as I would have liked. But he, they've had defensive talent, but they've not had good defenses. They actually had the worst pass rush in the NFL last year. But he is one of the types of corners that I love because he's super long-armed. And he's quick. He's, he's fast, too. I went and looked up his 40 time during the show this morning because somebody said he can't run. And I'm like, I think he can run. 4-3-7 um, he was timed in the uh, – 
uh, in the combine um, back in 2016 when he was a first-round pick of the Bengals at 24 overall. I love long-armed corners. They close. It's easier to close. You have less space to cover. Um, I think, you know, I've read that he's a super good man coverage guy. Uh, I just, I think he's been a a really good player whose upside has been in some ways thwarted or held back by bad defenses, bad pass rushes, you know, um, and facing at times really good uh, quarterbacks too in the AFC. But I, um, I like the player and I really like the money. It's barely even a top, you know, eight, nine deal in the league in terms of average annual. You know, they, they're they're not paying anywhere near the top of the market for a corner for a guy that they desperately needed after losing Ronald Darby to the Broncos. Now he missed his first year with a with a torn peck, and he's missed some games, and I, I will tell you, he hasn't missed a lot of games, but he has been on the injury report. I'm not gonna say a, a ton. But he's been on the injury report enough where with concussions and toes and shoulders. But he's played through it, and he's played really well. I think they got a guy that can really play, huge upside at really good money, and by the way, desperately needed. So I love the signing of Will Jackson to come in and play corner. You say what? I totally agree with you. I think William Jackson can do everything you want to do. Uh, schematically, I f- think he fits right into where you want him to be. Potentially, this allows Kendall Fuller to not have to be your one corner, which I think helps you a lot because I think Kendall Fuller's likely not a one corner. And I'd way rather have paid William Jackson $14 million a year than Ronald Darby 10 Ronald Darby got a $30 million contract with the Broncos, uh-huh. which is what both you and I thought he would get last week, Yeah, about $10 million a year. But you just paid William Jackson CB2 money, like second quarterback, cornerback money, is essentially. It, I mean, $14 bucks is not CB2 money, is it really? Well, Ronald Darby just got 10 Yeah. It's not high-end corner money. No, it's not Jalen so, Ramsey. It's not Marlon Humphrey. Um, I, I was looking. There were multiple lists. No, and I don't think he – I don't know if he is exactly one of those guys. I mean, when you watch – I agree. I, I think he can get a little bit handsy. I think he's a guy that can get a little overcut up at the line of scrimmage and trying to, to bump receivers instead of running with dudes, which he I, he should be able to do. But, gosh, his recovery speed's outstanding. His man-to-man stuff is good. He does really hem up receivers at the line of scrimmage. Like, he's a really good press guy if you want him to be a press guy. I think he's got good vision to the quarterback when he's playing in any kind of zone or cover three looks. And and you needed the dude. Like, they're a, they're a cover three or cover four team predominantly, which in most of those in- instances put puts him – almost in a man-to-man type situation. But he can play with vision to the quarterback to do that. Um, this, this is a good signing for them. Big-time signing for them. And you like the fit with the scheme. I mean, Darby seemed to be one of the first corners we've had, and we had a new defensive coaching staff. One of the first corners we've had here in a while that didn't seem to be six yards, seven yards, eight yards you know, in soft coverage, that he really did play more press coverage than we've seen any corner around here play in a long time. Yeah, I, th- I, I think that's probably in part 
one obviously he can, but scheme. Yeah, you know, over the last few years with Minuski, it was like they had all these long arm corners. They drafted them, guys like Fabian Moreau. Moreau's long, long arms. arms. Yep, physical, could be at the line of scrimmage, and then they're playing them off at eight yards. Yeah, I'm sure the scouting department at the time's like, "What are you doing with the guys we got you?" Like these, these are press guys. These are tight guys. These are guys with length. Go back to like Dunbar and all the long corners they acquired. Right. They never played them up. Uh, Jackson can play up, no doubt about it. And yeah, you know, I, I think Darby can. I like Darby because I, I I think Darby had good speed and never got beat over the top. It's hard to beat him over the top. He was really good at not getting beat with double move stuff. But that's William Jackson's that kind of guy. I mean, you watch him; he he's got great vision. He's got he's great, and he's great when he's in man to man. Keen receiver body language, keen receiver like he's downfield. He'll wait till the receiver turns his head and he's watching. It. He's got the right idea. So. You know who fell That's for the double. For you know who fell for the double move a lot last yeah, Kendall year. Fuller. Kendall yeah, Fuller. Yeah, Kendall Fuller. You know, I was thinking about Moreau. His snap count came up at the end of last year. He Barely. is another guy with size and length. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they re-sign him. I mean, you have Fuller, you have Jackson, you have Moreland right now. And I guess you have, um, um, in terms of corners, Stroman, right? And Danny Johnson. Is Danny Johnson – wait, Danny Johnson is a uh, – is I think they've got to tender him to keep him because I think he's restricted. Uh, but, you know, God, you, with a pass rush and long-arm corners – you know, you, but that, that was the one point. If I didn't make this, I want to make it. If I'm being repetitive, sorry. Jackson played last year and the last couple of years on a team without a pass rush. Now, early in his tenure, they had Atkins, they had Dunlap. You know, they had some defensive talent, but they were never great defensively. Last year, bottom three in pass rush rate and dead last in the league in sacks. Just think about the team. And then they're getting run in a lot of games. And so it's also in the bottom three of teams that other teams could stay balanced against. Yeah, but you're joining a team that has a pass rush. Mm -hmm. It's going to elevate any of your defensive backs. And it'd be nice. It allows them to actually have a feel for timing. Right. Hey, I can jump this because beyond this, it's not getting done. Right, Chase is going to get there, or Montez is going to get there. Sure. So, so I mean, so far, you know, you look at the – I like Fitzpatrick. I think it's a good signing. I, I think William Jackson's a great signing. I think he's a great corner. And he um, desperately I, I, needed. I don't know if they wanted to pay a tight end $12 million a year this year out of the two guys, but that's the other position that I think they desperately needed. Well, Could pay Trent Williams one hundred and thirty-eight million dollars. You see that deal got done. I'm gonna. I was gonna. I've got it on my list of things we're gonna get to. Um, I, the only guy that's left tight end wise is Everett. Ertz. Ertz, of course, Ertz. But you got to. Yeah. Tra- but you got to trade for Ertz. You do, but the Eagles aren't getting what they want. 
as of yet. What what did you say a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago what you would give up for Ertz again? I said Friday, I think he, the best case is they could get a third, but they won't. It, oh, it, you said that Friday, and I thought it was a couple months ago. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and, uh, and I said it'd probably be in that fourth range, uh-huh. just because of some of the unknown with Ertz. Um, and you said fifth or sixth. Yeah. I just think injuries and availability, lack thereof, and age and... I don't think he they're getting a third for Zach Ertz. I don't. You know, they gave him permission to go seek a trade. I saw that. But sometimes that's one of those deals where they might know that he's not going to get what he would think. They might know no one's going to give him more than a fifth. They might have already shopped it. It's like what and they then, did with Trent Williams here, remember? But it was right. at, it was well after the fact when they could have gotten something. Then they said, go ahead and check, because Cleveland had already moved on, and Houston had already made the deal. And so the real compensation and the teams that were really interested, you know, they, 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 had, uh, they had been eliminated. So it was whatever. They got a third and a fifth for Trent. But go ahead. You're, you're saying that they're sending Ertz out there so Ertz realizes that he's not worth what he thinks he's worth. Maybe. Right. That, I mean, that that could be part of that issue. It's, hey, you're worth more to us than anything else. I, I don't know. I mean, he, he, I would give up a fourth for Ertz. I'd probably give up. Let's play this game again. He's 31, gives him four good years. Mm. Three for for sure if he's not hurt. Well, but he's going to be at some point. (laughs) Well, I mean, it just seems to be the the, If you had Ertz, if Ertz fell in the fourth round of the draft, someone's going to take him. You're going to take him. Plus, he's under contract for the next three years, and the Eagles are going to eat a lot of all the guaranteed on it. He's under contract until 2023. Right. I yeah I like I'd I'd trade for Ertz right now. Well, I get it done. I like the thought of Ertz because I know how Ryan Fitzpatrick would probably immediately be in sync with a guy like Ertz. You know, no doubt. And and the other the other thing too is that Logan Thomas is going to be a nice little guy, big guy for Ertz for uh, Fitzpatrick. Nice, Nice little big weapon for him. Yeah. But it would be great to have two of those guys. Um, Gerald Everett is the guy that's left. Gerald Everett would be interesting. Oh, how about this? The Chiefs are asking. The Chiefs are offering on Ertz. Oh, rumor. Well, the Chiefs show interest in trading for Ertz, Kelsey, Hill, Watkins, etc. Um, and you know, they watch the Patriots put two tight ends out there. Let's do the same for, for Patrick Mahomes. Um, by the way, I, I'll just say this again. If they don't get a tight end and they're not going to get Kyle Pitts. Okay. You're not, you're, you're he's going, have, he's going top five, um, sixth latest. So if you don't get a tight end, you are going to have to extend and you got, you're going to, you're going to have to, well, if they don't get a tight end, I I don't know what it'll say, but one of the things it might say is it might say, we really like Logan, and we're good with Logan. 
But if yeah, that they have to have a t- they have to get somebody else though, buddy. If they you can be good with Logan, but they they try to well they, to operate they in like a two tight the, end system. They like eighty five as a blocker. Um, what was his name? Eighty five. Baugh? Yeah, Baugh. They liked him as a blocker. Well, they didn't really. I mean, he was okay. They have well, J- Sprinkles not coming back. Um, no. Thaddeus Moss, the guy they drafted, they, they ended, did they end up putting him on? Did they end up putting him on injured reserve? I forget. Yeah, what did they do with Thaddeus Moss? I don't remember. I think I think he got injured, and that was one him. of the deals. I mean, you know, between AGG and Thaddeus Moss, I mean, our whole fan base thought that they had just drafted Kellen Winslow and Randy Moss. Um, in in the draft last year, Thaddeus Moss wasn't even drafted, right? He was an undrafted free agent. Um, I think they really need another receiver. And I say that knowing nothing about what they think of Kelvin Harmon, um, what they still think of, of Steven Sims Jr., of what they think of in the first year of AGG. We just know that we didn't see a lot of AGG. Um, but Curtis Samuel, to me, still makes a lot of sense. I think he makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I think they'll get. I, I've been, you know, we thought they would acquire Curtis Samuel. They haven't. Well, you know what's happening, Cooley? If you're following the receiver thing, first of all, the receiver market because you had a couple of of teams you know, like Chicago, um, you know, and Tampa uh, tag Robinson and Godwin. That limited that that sort of limited the field, and then you've got. All these players, receivers in the draft. And so the lower cap, all of the players in the draft, you're not seeing, you're seeing the receiver market here, at least, you know, in the first few days, a bit depressed. So teams could be just waiting, saying, we don't have to rush. We're going to get this guy for less than what he's asking for right now. So that may be part of what's going on with the wide receivers. But I would think that, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to have more than just Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and Logan Thomas to work with. And Cam Sims, who they officially tendered yesterday. Um, okay, what else on the uh, WFT? you have any oh, other? Oh, sorry, I, I took me a minute to even register that. Um. um no, your receiver market, they're also waiting for Smith Schuster, or sorry, for uh, Galladay. You mean for to, to see what kind of deal he gets? Yeah, everyone's waiting <clears throat> for Galladay to sign. Right. Like if I'm Will Fuller and Curtis Samuel, I, I, I'm not, or, or even Smith Schuster, I'm waiting till the biggest deal goes. Right. So it, it's not necessarily depressed as much as it's like, okay, well, what's this guy going to get? Yeah. This Galladay, where is he? He hasn't signed yet. No. No, no. Just, I'm looking to see if anything's um, been breaking here this morning. Not not much. In fact, the, the two Washington, the Lamar Miller and David Sharp re-signing. Um, the Raiders reached a deal with John Brown. <clears throat> I mean, Corey Davis signed. Well, he signed, uh, yeah, on Monday with, with the Jets. $10 million a year. Yeah, that was lower than I thought it was going to be. And so now, if I'm a receiver, I'm definitely not signing until Galladay signs. That's yeah. a mistake by him. Should have um, waited for Galladay. I, uh, oh, I had one other quick comment. 
So I had mentioned a guy that I wanted, and you know, trust me, I didn't think of him as a number one corner. I thought of him as a true versatile defensive back, can play a number of positions, can return punts for you. In Desmond King, um, oh who, yeah, who I loved coming out of Iowa, and he hasn't been signed yet, and he's like on everybody's like top ten players yet to 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 be signed. And I started reading why he wasn't signed, and I did come across a story that basically there's some big red flags on Desmond King as a, as a locker room guy that Ooh. that he it isn't that he's can be difficult, and this is again from various reporters that covered the Titans this year. Um, that's where he was, and remember, you know, he went to the Titans from the Chargers after being really good for the Chargers. So on essentially a rookie deal to already been moved, um, something ain't right there. So, you know, I bet you he's not even and was never on their list. Uh, I just think I just thought he was a really good player, and I still do. The other guy too that I don't think is on their list, but I love as a player because I just think he's super explosive, and I understand how many games he's missed. But Will Fuller hasn't been signed either. But my God, his upside is massive. Like that guy is a true take the top off the defense, and he's got great hands, and he's got great yards after catch. I like I love Will Fuller. I just don't know if he'll be on, you know, the 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 WFT list. He'd be on my list. He'd be on my list. I, I'd do a lot. I'd do a hell of a lot of due diligence. I'd be worried about all the injuries. I'd be worried about the suspension. But you know, he is going to help somebody in a major way. Um. Well, I just look at it like Fuller, Samuel, Godwin. Godwin would be in play for me, especially after the Corey Davis deal. Well, like, God, I'd be off. Well, Godwin got off. tagged. Not God, why do I keep saying Godwin? <clears throat> uh, Galladay. Oh, Galladay. Yeah, Galladay would be on my list. I, look, I'm looking at a quarterback that I that can throw the ball and can read the entire field. I want two dudes that can really stretch the field for. Them. And you know what, Cooley? The fact that you have this quarterback, I don't care how old he is. I don't care what. Well, and he's you... not that expensive this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've got hardly anything invested in the quarterback position in aggregate. It's like twelve million bucks. Um, the bottom line is you got a better shot at getting Kenny Galladay to consider you with Ryan Fitzpatrick here than you do with, ah, we're going to have two guys battling it out, Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke. You may have seen them in the playoff game. We almost beat the, the, eventual, defend, uh, the eventual Super Bowl champions. Uh, All right. Um, When we come back, I want to talk about this Trent Williams deal. Uh, We'll do that right after this word from one of our sponsors. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Trent Williams signed late last night, or he's going to sign. He agreed uh, in terms. The actual league calendar begins today, or the league uh, year starts at 4 p.m. where all these deals will get signed. But according to Adam Schefter, and he broke the news last night, six years, $138.06 million, $55.1 million of it guaranteed. He's the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history. Trent Williams thought he deserved that. Um, this organization didn't want to give it to him. This organization got very petty, got very hard-headed, should have traded him early, um, and ended up trading him late. Uh, never played for them. He lost some money, but he more than got it back, and Washington ends up with a, you know, basically a fifth-rounder and an, ad- an additional third-rounder that they got for this upcoming draft from San Francisco. Um, he got paid. He got paid, and he got paid by that team. And I thought it was would be a, a reach to think of him going anywhere else. You know, one of the promises, remember when they made the trade, is they wouldn't tag him. But the uh-huh. quid pro quo for not tagging him is to say, but you got to really, you know, negotiate in good faith with us to come back. You know, I, that's probably not in there contractually. But Trent wanted to play in San Francisco. He wanted to go back and be a part of the Kyle Shanahan thing. But what's your reaction to that massive deal for Trent Williams? I just haven't seen anybody better at that position. <laughs> he's, he's an unbelievable player, Kev. And it's he's unbelievable in both aspects of the game. As far as run blocking, pass blocking, he's elite at both. It's worth it. What's the total? So $55 million in total guaranteed money. Yeah. So the 138 makes him the highest paid player of all time. At, well, offensive lineman, yeah. We, oh, yeah, sorry. But this is like a three-year contract. <clears throat> four, four, four at most. Yeah, like the last few years avoidable or whatever. Right. Like the 50, he's making $20 million a year, and he's got 55 in fully guaranteed money. So they're, they're essentially going guarant- to fully guarantee like three years. Well, it's more than 20. Uh, Washington more, could have done It's this. more than $20 million a year. It's six. What? Six into one thirty-eight is twenty-three. Well, it depends how they structured it, but it's fifty-five and fully guaranteed. Yeah, I understand that. But in terms of so the what AA- I'm saying is, in terms of the AAV, t- it's twenty-three million. Yeah, but by by the end of the, but I'm sure by the end of the fourth year, you you can be out of that. Completely. Okay, but to start, it's twenty-three million. Yeah, it's great. For him. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. It's- 
great for him. It's great for San Francisco. It's, I think it's a good deal. I would have done the deal with him a couple years ago. You think he's better than Teron Smith? Yeah. You think he was better than Joe Staley? Uh, Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas. I would pay Joe Thomas this money. <laughs> you think he was better than Jason Peters? Yeah, I do. I think he was better than Jason Peters. Okay. I mean, I watched a lot of this this guy and I know. watched him grow up and I mean I play like he was better than Chris Samuels. You've Chris Samuels never... was one of the best to play the game at that position. You've never talked about the comparison between Trent Williams and Chris Samuels. Two Chris of the Samuels. greatest left tackles in franchise history. Chris Samuels is an unbelievable player, consistent, incredible blocker, really, really good as a pass protector. I just think, I think Trent's just so freakishly athletic, Kev. Right. And he's aggressive. Like, he's violent, he's physical, he plays physical, um, and he's he's just so freakishly athletic that he gets things done that most offensive linemen can't get done. Really smart, too, right? Very smart. Yep. Good player to play with. Play next to him. Always good communicator. Knows what's going on. Yeah, Trent's a good player. You know, his season in 2021, he's going to be 33 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. What did you say you think the real, the real deal is? That it's a three- to four-year deal, basically? You know, looking at the yeah. $55 million guaranteed? <clears throat> yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, and he, are the and, details of this not out anywhere yet? Other than six years, one hundred thirty-eight point zero six million, thirty point one million dollars signing bonus, fifty-five point one million guaranteed AAV, average annual, um, average annual uh, salary of twenty-three million dollars. Yeah, what are, like, what is the year salary in years five? They don't have six. the cap hits out yet, right? Yeah, they haven't broken that down yet. So, um, he's all, he, he got hurt last year again. He missed some games last year. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm looking it up right now. My memory is that he missed some games. Last yeah. But the one thing I, that I'm sure Kyle knows about Trent and I, I know about Trent is he'll play hurt too. You know, I know. I know he did. Um, like the guy will play, play hurt all the time. He'll practice hurt. He's tough. And we're past the uh, that point of any sort of uh, weed offense. Well, there's no weed things anymore anyway. He missed two games last year. So in the last three seasons he he played, because he didn't play in 2019, obviously. Um, God, look at this. I mean, he hasn't played 16 games since 2013. Uh, he played 12 in 2016. That was the four-game suspension. Mm-hmm. Which really was perfectly timed with their playoff, you know, run. They sort of needed him uh, down the stretch, and he wasn't there for him. In 2017, he missed six games. In 2018, he missed he missed three games, and last year he missed two games. But goddamn, does he play hurt? He's out there a lot. You know, Morgan Moses, same thing. How many times he's just gone out there? He's been on on an injury report all week long, and somehow he's out there. By the way, false starting without it being called. <laughs> I don't think any player I've watched 
in recent years, false starts more without it being called than Morgan Moses. He didn't do it as much this year. He did it a couple times, but not as much. Later in the season. Um, Pro Football Focus has what they call an improvement index, how much you've improved here during free agency. New England's number one right now, and Washington, after the Fitzgerald and Jackson signings, is number two. And you that think quarterback's important. <laughs> yeah, and they and they replace Darby with an even better player. Um, right. Andy Dalton, okay, goes to Chicago. Now, part of this, the reporting on this, according to, to Rappaport, and I'm paraphrasing right now because I don't have it up in front of me, is that there was a meeting in Fargo, North Dakota, between the Seahawks and the Bears, Ryan Pace mm-hmm. and John Schneider. Why they went to Fargo? Well, probably because there was no social distancing and no no need for anything other than just a sit-down conversation. I don't know why. Um, they Bottom line was Seattle was interested in moving on from Russell Wilson, but clearly the Bears couldn't give him what they wanted, and now Seattle says they are not trading Russell Wilson. So the Bears went out and signed Andy Dalton to a one-year $10 million deal, a Ryan Fitzpatrick deal. You know, now I don't think as much of his deal is guaranteed. I think from what I read, um, but still, he, you know, now Chicago has Dalton and Foles. Um, I like Dalton a little bit. I mean, I always have. So I don't. I, if they had gotten Dalton instead of Fitzpatrick, I think I still would have thought Dalton's the absolute starter. But I think because of Fitzpatrick's age. He's definitely the starter. Like, you're not going to bring him in here and say, ah, you know, we, we, we want you to compete. Dalton, Fitzpatrick's better than Dalton. Fitzpatrick's better than Dalton. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean, that's just that's just my feeling on it. I, I think Dalton, to some extent, you may have had some competition. But if he was – I mean, the thing is, is if he's decent – even he should win that competition as a, you know, as a starting quarterback for the long time in the league. Agreed. Like that. That's the other thing is, if you're gonna, if you're losing that competition, you're probably, you're probably done, man. <laughs> I don't know. If you if you lose out to Nick Foles, you're done. Is that yeah. what you, is that what you meant yeah. to say? Yeah. But I'm saying if Dalton was here, and lost out to Heineke or, or Allen, he, he's. It's not because they wanted one of those guys that much more. Right. But I do think they would have competed with with Dalton. I don't think they compete with Fitzpatrick. Um, all right. Well, uh, thumbs up on Fitzpatrick. Thumbs up on Jackson. Uh, we may have a they Curtis. They signed Dustin Hopkins back, your guy. <laughs> well, I, I, I knew they were going to do that. Um, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, they need a couple of more weapons on offense. I don't know what they'll do at left tackle. It could be Lucas, ultimately. They may be confident with Cornelius Lucas or Sadiq Charles. Uh, they signed Lamar Miller. They signed, re-signed David Sharp. Um, they We never saw Miller on the field. I always loved Lamar Miller as a player. I remember when he was a free agent a few years back. I think you and I were doing the show. I'm like, I'd sign Lamar Miller. He's a little bit later in his career now. But, you know, he's going to be a guy that, you know, can do a lot of the same things that Gibson and McKissick can do. I, actually, I think he can do a lot of th- the things that Gibson can do. 
Right. Um, I think that, you know, the Fitzpatrick thing and the Jackson thing, I know it's just two players. You know, Jackson is the first – well, no, Landon Collins was the top-rated safety in the year they signed him. But, you know, after a decade of signing the number one guy at a various position and overpaying him by 20%, we didn't really have a lot of that during, you know, 2010 through 2020. Um, they took a big swing at Stafford here in the offseason. Last year, they took a big swing at, at Cooper. You're not going to connect on all of them. And you ended up with Fitzpatrick and then the number one corner in free agency, which really, I wonder if Jackson was the plan all along. And that's why they were okay with Darby leaving. But they got a better guy. Um, they got uh, they got an upgrade there. Um, I think they've gotten an upgrade at quarterback uh, for at least next year. And uh, and we're off and running uh, here in free agency. Good job. Um, everybody wanted to hear your breakdown of Fitzpatrick in particular and getting it on Jackson today as well. Uh, I'm going to be back tomorrow with Tommy. And then I will be here with Cooley on Friday. Chris will be with me um, Friday. Uh, I'm sure there will be more players that get signed between now and then. Cooley, we are done for the day. It's St. Patrick's Day. I'm going to go play golf and have a good day. Maybe drink a beer or uh, several uh, before the end of the day. Have a good one. I love that, man. Enjoy yourself. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.